Hello and welcome to another episode of the JTA podcast where we are just talking about films. My name is Ian Sargentson. And my name's Luke Taylor and it is great to be with you. And we love just coming together every week and to talk about films. And uh, it's just the two of us this week, but you know what? I think we've got, a, we've got plenty to talk about. Yeah. And yeah, we see we've had some great guests over the week. So if you're interested, I'll just put this out there again. If you're interested in coming on, just talking about films with us, then get in touch via Twitter, Facebook, um, or YouTube, or if you do know us personally, then send us a text or whatever it is there. Yeah, because that's the whole point of this podcast is we want to have conversations and we want to have conversations with you. Um, If you're in a film, if you enjoy talking about films, then we want to talk to you about films. And listen, you don't have to have an extreme depth of knowledge you don't have, we don't all have to be Simon Dillon uh, who was our first guest um, we just want to be able to have conversations because we just love talking about them and during this last year when we haven't been able to so much with people it's really made me realize how much I've missed doing that yeah and I think I think it's been good I think the guests that we've had on have all been different they've all brought something different they've all you know had different opinions and watched films in a different way and, and talked about them in a different way so I've really enjoyed that you know for, for you and I there's been parts of it that of conversations that that we're not really that ver- well versed in so whether it's Bruce Lee or horror or you know all the films with great expectations or B-movies, or made-for-TV movies, all stuff that's been discussed. So, yeah, however you watch films, however you enjoy them, if you think, I can't go on there, we just want to... You lead the conversation, talk to us about what aspect of film and cinema it is that you love um, and that you appreciate, whether that's um, Sandra Bullock films or whether it's, I don't know, Shakespeare, you know, represented on screen, whatever it is. You you can't know somebody who likes Sandra Bullock films. That's that's not possible. Yeah, I've got a friend and he he really likes Sandra Bullock films. I've invited him on a couple of times, but um, (laughs) but he's not happy. Are we thinking of the same person? to listen to his car. So if he is, then come on and talk to us. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah and hey recommend films to us I've, I've started watching films as a result of doing this that i probably wouldn't have ever thought of watching before um yeah. last week uh, john recommended that we uh, we watched uh, dora the explorer and uh i'll spoil that I've, i watched it this week <laughs> did you i did <laughs> i must confess though over the last two weeks um i haven't watched as many films because the Euros have been on. And as much as I love film, I also love football. And there's only so many time you can get away with in a day. So when I'm watching football for up to four hours a day, I can't spend the rest of my time, you know, <laughs> either not talking to my wife or not working. So, um, yeah, so to be in uh, balance. And so. I, I'm, I'm best with the gift of not liking football, so I've had loads of time. In fact, when we've been out of the cinema, it's been quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, great. So I guess let's let's start by just asking that question. What have you been watching this week? And uh, uh, let's start with you, Ian. What have you been watching this week? Yeah, so I've, I've watched um, three films this week. One, I think I mentioned last week that I was just about to start. And one that was halfway through and it took me over two weeks to watch it. And the, the other was just one that I found, an independent film I found yesterday. So we'll start with the, the one that took me a couple of weeks to watch. And that was... Um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, yes. So I told you a couple of times that, you know, I was kind of enjoying it, um, but it was just a bit busy for me. But I finally finished it. And I really, I really did enjoy it. If you haven't seen it or don't know much about it, it's an animated feature about um, Spider-Man, as it says. And th- there's a Spider-Verse. There's different multiverses. Well, there's a multiverse of different Spider-People that come together. Um 
I was saying it was a bit busy, and I think it was, but I don't think I'm the target audience. So I sure. loved the story, but the criticism from me would be it was a bit too comic-y. But that is the whole intention of the film. So, but I didn't hate that. I thought the, the music was good. I thought the animation was excellent, it apart was. from all the bits where it split screens and was thwack and smash and woo and all of this. <laughs> I could have done without that, but I realised that that was why they did it. So, if you're a purist and love comic books, I imagine you will love it. Um, so, I love the story, particularly the second half. I thought when it really got going, um, it's, it's got good, a good emotional hook on it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was some good depth in there, some good, as you say, emotional hook. I think, and this is probably where it gets with film, there's something in me that I don't really like the abstract too much unless it's suggested at the beginning that the whole thing is abstract. You know, like, so so Star Wars, I get it, because it's set as it's where it is. It's in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. So I get it. So I'm buying into that. When it's something set on Earth and it's not mentioned, and then so like yeah, so I don't always get that. So with this, the issues that I had are stupid, um, but they bother me somewhat. The first was the pig; just didn't like it. It was a nonsense <laughs> character, irritated me beyond all measure. The film would have been significantly better without it. Um, and secondly, the fact that um, Kingpin is like as big as a building. <laughs> I'm not having that, do you know what I mean? The proportions are all wrong. Yeah, I get he was a large man, but come on. Do you know what I mean? No one said, where's he get his suits made? Anyway, so, but love film overall. I thought it was really good because I didn't think I would like it because I'm not really into that thing, but I did enjoy that. So, yeah, um, that was the first thing. That's good. I, I love the moment where he, where Miles finally embraces being Spider Man, and he does that bit where he leaps off the roof, and it go, the, the shot goes upside down, and the music yeah. kicks in. We were talking last week about uh, iconic scenes where the music makes yeah. a huge difference. I tell you what, that didn't come to mind until now, but that is one of them. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. They said so. I don't, you know, I don't think you ever really appreciate because it's animation. We appreciate scenes as much or direction or you know cinematography so to speak in it because but it is it there was some really excellent shots in it and you know an excellent um animation so i thought that was really good as you say there was an emotional hook i just thought the animation was really good for the the large part but that pig it was like the jar jar binks of the spider-verse <laughs> um, yeah you kind of either have to embrace the pig or it doesn't work at all yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the first one I've watched. Second one was, as I say, I mentioned I was going to start last week, was There Will Be Blood. And this is back on my track of re-watching films that I've seen before yeah. to see if they hold up or films that I can't remember. Because the way, as I say, the way I've watched films have changed. And There Will Be Blood, I know I'd seen it before, but it's probably one of theirs that was forgettable because it wasn't instant gratification you have to really engage with the film and listen to the dialogue and understand the performances and look at the character. And I didn't do that when this film was released. It's not how I watch films. But now um, I do. I think I enjoyed the film. I think Daniel Day-Lewis was exceptional. He's really, really good. But you would expect nothing else. But he is superb, absolutely superb. The Did film he win the Oscar for that one? Pardon? Yeah, Did he win the so. Oscar for that? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. But the film is basically it's about a guy who's oh, into oil, but he's an oil tycoon, so he digs for oil. And it's about 
his pursuit of that and the morality and when things go wrong and um, and then he comes into conflict ironic for you and for you and I he comes into contact conflict with the church or a version of the church that probably you or I won't relate to that well but, right um so and it's about a bit of tension there um so so the performance was from Danny Day Lewis was excellent the, the acting altogether was excellent um I think there's a darkness to it that was really good but ultimately it just felt a bit rudderless so we had this character that was, you know, really complex and, you, you know, he does, you know, not bring out the worst in you, but you end up really, really angry with him and not liking him. Well, I did. But I just didn't know where the story was going or what it was aiming for or um, it was just a bit anticlimactic for me, although the ending I thought was pretty dark. Um, so, yeah. So I enjoyed it, enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed it as a piece of filmmaking. As a story, it kind of left me a bit underwhelmed, to be honest, because um, I was like, yeah, and what? Um, so I watched that, and then the final one I watched was a film called Wasteland. Right. So it's an independent film, and it's a bit like a council estate version of... The Born Identity. <laughs> okay. So, so, so I know that's a good. So, it's set in Bradford, um, but it's a, a guy. You don't know much about him, but you, it, it opens with him. You're thinking he's dead, but he's not. He's just been beaten up really badly, but he doesn't know why. He doesn't know who he is, where he lives, and he's taken in by this family for a little bit, and then the picture starts unfolding about who he is and how he's quite complex and he's quite dangerous, um, and then. It, he, a bit like mementos well he put in the story together about what happened to him with flashbacks and then it becomes apparent um what happened and then he, it requires him to do something about it so there's a revenge aspect to it as well um yeah i thought it was good i thought it was well made film i thought it was one of them ones that drifts along a bit and then at the end i'm thinking i you know we just and i thought i really like that particularly not particularly but one of the things I really did like was the final scene with the credits rolling and stuff. Um, I just thought, and the music and song was really powerful. Um, but yeah, it's another film I'd recommend. I think I watched it on Sky, but it's called Wasteland. And yeah, it was good. The acting was really good. And one of them independent films, I say, set in Bradford in the north of England. So it's good. No, ne- never heard of it, but it sounds Oh, I it sounds until yesterday. Where did you come across thought, it? Let's give this a watch. It was one of them ones, you know, where I don't know about you, Luke, but I, I have Sky, I have Netflix, I have Amazon, <laughs> I have Disney, and sometimes I'm going, well, what shall I've got thousands of Blu-rays and DVDs, and I said, what shall I watch? And I'm skipping through, and I can't, and I, this one comes up, so I go, well, it looks, it looks a bit rubbish. It looks like uh, I don't know. <laughs> And then I go on IMDb, and the rating's quite good, and some of the reviews are quite good. I don't read them in too in depth because not many spoilers, but I go, yeah. So I've got a few films that way. That's how I got that um, calibre I told you about the other week, and the Wild Rose that I told you about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because the expectations are low or you don't have any, um, I was pleasantly surprised. So yeah, I think it's worth a watch, definitely. Okay, I'll try. I'll try and what's it called? The Wilderness. Wasteland. Wasteland. Oh, I was pretty close. Hang on, I'm just going to yeah. add it to my uh, to my letterbox to wish list now. 
So if you're watching or listening and you've seen any of them films, have you got any, any opinions on there will be blood? You want to challenge me on my views or you agree with me on my views of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Or you've seen Wasteland, because I don't know anyone else that's seen it, um, get in touch. Or if you do watch it off the back of this podcast, let us know what you think. It's not um, the one I've found. It's a five-part film that deals with a variety of subjects such as mental illness, the subject of reality. That's not no. it, is it? I'll no, find this it. is probably a bit where it's going to be embarrassing for me and I got the name of the film wrong. <laughs> Let me just check. I'm pretty sure that was it. Sorry, maybe looking things up online. It was my fault. Yeah. I'm not the best way. <laughs> no, no. But you, yeah, so what have you been watching, Luke? Uh, right, well, this week I've, uh, I haven't had as good a week as last week. I haven't watched as much, although it wasn't because of the football. Oh, sorry, one minute. It was. Oh. It is called Wasteland. Yeah. But... Um, it does have an alternate name that was called The Rise, so I don't know if they're... The, no, Rise. the Rise. No, it's called Wasteland, yeah. I've seen... I don't know if it's a remake or something. I'll find out before the end of the thing. And then we'll All right, there. okay. That's cool. Um, yes, so this week, um, I started off this week with uh, my... Uh, been, I had a pause for a while, but I've been doing a rewatch of the uh, Marvel films. Uh, so this week I did Iron Man 3, which okay. I think is... I think it's the best of the Iron Man films. I know some people didn't like it. They didn't like the whole twist with the um, with the Mandarin. Um, but actually, I thought it was funny, and I think it's it's very well written. And it's nice to have that uh, that difference in a, in it. In that it's 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 not just a Marvel film; it's a Shane Black film, and okay. uh, it's got all of his hallmarks, all of his stylings in it. And I, I really enjoyed Iron Man three, so I did that this week. Um, I'm not sure which one's next now. Um, then. Um, Last week, because it's the 40th anniversary of Indiana Jones, I did uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. And then this week, I did Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I have some thoughts. (laughs) First of all, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was always my favourite Indiana Jones film when I grew up. You know, well, you know, from since since I saw it. And I think... Um, part of the reason was it caught me at the right time. You know, I was a little older when, when I came out and, you know, it just, it, I caught that one at the right time. Um, so it's always been my favourite one. But I have to admit, watching it now, it's not the best of them. It's, um, I'd say it's 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 definitely a, a long way from Raiders of the Lost Ark in terms of how good it was. Um, it's definitely above Temple of Doom and certainly above <laughs> Crystal Skull. But I was thinking about, you know, when Spielberg was making uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, his previous film had flopped, um, 1941, completely flopped, gone over budget, gone over schedule. And it's bizarre as it seems to say this now, but Spielberg actually had to prove himself. Um, he, he was in a position where he'd, he'd had a flop He'd gone over budget and the studios didn't trust him. He'd had his big successes, but the studios were a bit like, maybe this guy's lost it. And when he took on Raiders of the Lost Ark, he had to prove not only could he make a hit, but he could make a hit in time and on budget. So the pressure on him when he was making Raiders of the Lost Ark was huge. And I think that shows in the film. I think the film is a director trying to prove he's got it still. Yeah. And everything about it is so well thought out, so well done. The shots and the photography, all of it is so stunning. And then on, uh, when you get to Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, 
Spielberg's got nothing to prove anymore. <laughs> I mean, mm. he is, he is, you know, the director by the time we get to this. It's only a few years later, but still. Um, and you can tell he hasn't got anything to prove. He's, um, it doesn't have the same, lo- the, the iconic shots are not there. It's, mm. it's, it's a good film. It's enjoyable. It plays the action sequences, maybe just as much for laughs as it does for action. And, uh, it, it shows you can get when you get comfortable and you don't have to prove yourself anymore, you can still do it. But there's something about the hunger of the first film that makes it extra special, I think. Yeah. And I think I experienced a bit of this because I watched them all again a couple of years ago and I had such good memories of Indiana Jones that I was in no doubt that I would love them. But the truth is, when I look at it, I think I love Raiders of the Lost Ark and the rest are acceptable. Yes. If, yeah. If that, if some of them aren't acceptable, you know what I mean. Yeah. But all of my positivity, I think, came from one of the films. Yes, I think so. And and Raiders stands stands above all of the all of the rest. Now I still enjoyed Last Crusade. I think it was a lot of fun. It's great. It's a fun film. Mm. Um, but it doesn't have that same energy as the first one. But then I watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I haven't seen since it came out at the cinema. Uh, I actually owned the DVD. We got rid of a whole bunch of DVDs recently. And that one, um, <laughs> it still had the foil on it. <laughs> so I bought it and never watched it. Um, but I was convinced. I was like, right, okay, now I'm doing all of these back to back. I'm going to have a hot take on this film that it's going to be, you know, one of those films where when you look back at it now, actually secretly it's good. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, no, I can't. I can't do that. It is, it is, it, it is obnoxiously bad. It is, I, I can't work out what on earth. Uh, you, you, you're watching it, you think, how is this the same people that made Raiders of the Lost Ark? Hmm. I mean, the thought, even the, I mean, I know the whole character, Shia LaBeouf's character, Mutt Williams, has come in for a lot of flack, but the thinking behind it, the dialogue, Everything just seems so clunky and awful. Mm. And it's not just the aliens. The alien stuff, I get what they were doing. You know, they want to try and make it like, it's because it's set in the 60s, it's a bit of a B-movie kind of thing. I get that. But it's just so uninvolving. And, you know, there's there's a chase sequence in Raiders of the Lost Ark where he's, you know, when he's jumping from van to van and, you know, and all that. Stunning. And, and, um, in the last crusade, there's another one where he's chasing the tank. Brilliant sequence. The one where they're in the jungle and everything seems to be CG. And they're doing stuff that's impossible to do. I mean, not just comically impossible, but just ridiculous. Like um, the Mutt Williams character with a leg on each truck. And, yeah. being, and you're just like, this is, it's just stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid. And, and I was sat there thinking, and I'd, I'd actually watched Dora and the Lost City of Gold at this point, which is trying to be an Indiana Jones film. And I was sat there thinking, this isn't as good an Indiana Jones film as, first of all, as National Treasure. National Treasure is a better Indiana Jones film than that Indiana Jones film. In fact, National Treasure 2 is a better Indiana Jones film than The Crystal Skull. In fact, Dora the Explorer is a better Indiana (laughs) Jones film than The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So you're a fan then? Uh, Dora the Explorer 
was fun. <laughs> it was I laughed consistently. It the the story kept me going the whole time. I had a great time. And while I was watching Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I was wishing I was watching Dora the Explorer. Wow. So that's that's a big thing. As I say, my I think my mind was distorted just all about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um <laughs> but it's just certainly a good thing to chat. And I've got a friend, maybe he's listening and watching, who I know loves Indiana Jones. So um, I'm sure he'll get in touch and tell us his thoughts, or I'd appreciate it if he did. Um, but you like Dora then. So tell us about Dora. Dora, the, yeah. I mean, it had me. At, I've, I've never actually seen, you know, the kids' series. Where, you know, I mean, no. uh, there'd be something wrong if I had. <laughs> um, so I've not seen it. But you kind of get, I guess, in the first few minutes what it's doing with that. And yeah. I have to say, a couple of minutes in, I, I was I was watching it by myself to start with, and I stopped and I, and I, and I said to Amelia, She's, you'll enjoy this, actually, because <laughs> she was had no intention of watching it either. And uh, we had a great time watching it. It's funny. The uh, action's good. It's, you know, I, it, it ends in a big, you know, both Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and National Treasure 2 and this are all looking for the lost city of gold. And this was the most satisfying city of gold out of all of them. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I, 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 it was. It's funny. It's it's knowing. It's you know playing with the format a bit, and you know there's some stuff that makes absolutely no sense, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but I'd heard these things before, and then obviously John said them last week, and then you've said them. So it might be because at all times, like, it can't be that good. People just exaggerate. But I'll, have to, I'll have to give it a watch. You'll know within the first few minutes whether you're going to like it or not. And there is yeah. an extended sequence where she gets, she goes to school in America. And that bit's probably the weakest part of the film, but it does set you up well for where the film's going to go after that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I never thought I'd say this, but I thoroughly enjoyed Dora and the Lost City of Gold. <laughs> Brilliant. So Iron Man three, um, two Indiana Jones films. Yeah, and I've two more two more films this week. I've managed to fit Dora, in. Dora, well. and you've got two more films, right? Yeah. So um, uh, we went to see it. We went to the cinema again, and yeah. I was dragged. Yeah, I don't mind saying I was dragged <laughs> to see um, In the Heights, um, which is the new musical from was it uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, um, yeah. who you're a big fan of. Well, well, uh, yeah, I, I have to. I mean, I'll say I, I didn't get Hamilton. You know, that's you know. Um, yeah, it was one of the one things, and we've talked about it in the past. The same with the Greatest Showman for me, and um, and I don't just want to pick on you know the musicals, but um, Parasite as well. That because of the hype, it had a lot to live up to. Yeah. Um, so and, Hamilton was the same, and again, I watched it on the screen. I think I can't remember who had it on Disney or someone did. It was the Disney, ball, yeah. right? Um, so watched it. You don't get the same experience if you see it on the stage, I guess. But I didn't overly get it. I think for a lot of reasons. Well, One of them, I don't know my American history that well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a bit of trepidation going in to see it. I'll be honest. First of all, because it, well, you know, I didn't like The Greatest Showman at yeah. all, and I thought, am I going to have another bad musical experience? Um, so I was kind of dragged to watch it. But I got to say, by the time that title screen comes up that says in the heights which is about five minutes it's got a whole bit before it yeah. in a song by the time it gets to that i was already sat there thinking no this is great okay. <laughs> this is great 
it is full of it, it, it the thing is with musicals music the second somebody starts singing their emotions you're breaking with reality yeah. you know that so this film knows that fine well and leans into that and there's a wonderful sequence where they start dancing on a wall of a building and it's just it just happens you don't even think about it because you know they're singing <laughs> and straight away as as soon as it starts it's, it's talking about washington heights as this magic you mean place. just to clarify dancing on the wall like vertically yes yeah no i'm not having that already i'm not having that no That's no, no it, i can't it totally i can't works. be seeing things like that it totally works in the context of, of the moment of it and it's just done so casually the camera just gradually sort of moves around and it's, it's done so... It, it, honestly, it, it's a brilliant moment when it happens. Well, you've already got me thinking, I hate stuff like that. <laughs> I'm not going to like it because you it's, can't do that. You can't do that. You can, if you wish to, start singing. You can, but you can't just start walking <laughs> up on the side of the wall unless you, it's explained you by can, Mary but, Poppins that she's got superpowers. Right, but carry on. But uh, yeah, it, it's a good moment. Anyway, there's only, it only happens once, but... Um, <laughs> Right from the start, he's, he's talking to these kids about Washington Heights. He's, you know, um, and, and Washington Heights is this magical place where it's full of music. So the second you go to Washington Heights, you feel like you're experiencing it as he's talking about it. In the, okay. it's, it's like a like a fairy story, in a sense, about this 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 place. And uh, yeah, I was totally into it. I, I came away thinking, you know, the music, it was so joyful, the music. I mean, it just, it, I came out happy. So that's what I want. So that bit sounds good. Do you know what I mean? The bit where talking about this magical place of music, and I get that. That I'm thinking, yeah, I'd like to watch that, particularly if the scenes look good. Like, I guess that's what the scene behind you is. Yes, that's that. Uh, well, that's just a. Uh... I think, I guess, from the stage play, but yes. Yeah, but you know what I mean? So something like that where it's showing you nice colours and a nice colour palette. So, so I get that and I want that, but dancing on the thing, I'll just have it, to... It only happens it's, 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 in the moment it's in, it kind of... Yeah. It's not like, oh, so it's just in the middle of a song they start mm. dancing on the wall and it's just two people. But you, once you go into a point where you go into a, you go into a swimming pool and everybody's doing synchronised swimming to, to your song, you know yeah. you've kind of broken with your reality anyway. Yeah, but I mean, for that reason, I say I liked I liked La La Land, and I've talked about this before. Much prefer. I think it's far, far, far superior to The Greatest Showman. Um, but that had me happy, although it's yeah. quite a sad story. Yeah, Do you know, yeah. ultimately, it's quite sad. But I, it had me happy. Had me feeling happy every time I watch it. The colours, the acting, the just feeling warm, and yeah, it just did. So I hope I'll probably um, look out for this thing because at first I wasn't sure. After COVID, it's it's kind of this this story that's essentially about community and everybody, mm. you know, this this whole area and everybody supporting each other and and there's yeah, I, I came out with a big smile. It was funny. Amelia was sat there the whole film thinking Luke's going to be hating this. He's going to be <laughs> hating this. Something <laughs> just me at the end. I was like, no, no. I I by the time I it got to saying in the heights, I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, that's good. Then I'm glad that. So uh, yeah, I'll keep um, an eye out for that. Really. Yeah. And the one last film I did this week was uh, the new Pixar film, uh, Luca. Yeah. Um, which uh, is about two. You want to call them mermaid, but not mermen. Merboys. No, that doesn't quite work either. They're kind of sea monsters, I guess, or something strange like that. Um, who you know, near a small Italian sea village and uh, come on land and, and it's, 
if I'd gone to the cinema to see it, I'd have been disappointed. I think it's it's definitely not top tier Pixar. No, it's it's kind of like uh, when when you when you know so recently seen something like Mitchell and the Machines. Hmm. Is the only, only other animated film I've seen new recently. It doesn't even compare in terms of how you know I, it was. It was okay, but it's like it's not a good Pixar. Don't think of something as being as good as Up or, or Wally or anything like that. All right. I had a pleasant enough time, but that was about it. Well, all right, so that's what we've been watching this week. Let Get in touch. Let us know what you've been watching. Let us know any recommendations you've got. I've got um, in the plan to watch with Kate tomorrow. I'm going to finally get to a quiet place tomorrow. Not to a quiet place. I'm going to watch a quiet place. Oh, are you? Um, oh, oh, I can't I've, wait to hear what you are. I've convinced Kate to watch that with me so yeah we'll see because it's interesting i want to watch the second one so yeah so let us know what you've been watching let us know what you recommend for us to watch let us know about the thoughts you have on the films that we've mentioned on luke's indiana jones rant on dora the explorer um on spider-man into the spider-verse um that film actually that i was talking about apparently i found out the sky have got the wrong title for the film so on Sky, it's called <laughs> Wasteland, but the yeah. film is actually called Undercliff. So I think Undercliff is an area of Bradford, but yeah, right. So, which explains a few things to me because when I, so I think, do you know what I said? I went online and read these reviews. I think I was reading reviews for another film because <laughs> it was like it said, "Oh, he gets his friends back together to to get revenge on this gangster," and I was like, "Well, they, he doesn't know who his friends are. When's he going to get his friends?" And he never got his friends, so I thought someone had just misunderstood. But on Sky, so if you, anybody from Sky is watching, you've got the title of this film wrong. But on Sky, it's called Wasteland, but the actual film is called Undercliff. Wow, that's a strange thing, isn't it? Yeah. So I watched it on the a film, basically on the back of a rating from another film. Oh, but this is actually rated higher with its proper title than it was on than the other film was. So, wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, a like a mix of, as I said, uh, like a council estate version of. Born Identity, Memento, and maybe something a bit like Lockstock or something. I've got to say, that is quite the pitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, if, they, it's not... if they haven't called it that, they've missed a trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So, very good. Right, so another couple of... Something else I want to talk about this week, Luke, was we, we tried to touch on it briefly last week, and there's a couple of things, but the first thing is we, something we touched on briefly last week. Um, and I think we asked a question this week on social media. When you were talking about... I can't remember which film it was now, that you said you wanted to, you'd love to be able to go back and watch it for the first time. Oh, I can't remember, but I, I think... I can't remember. Oh, it was, it was uh, A Quiet Place too. Oh, Quiet Place 2. Yeah. yeah, right. So, yeah, it was because you know. But we asked the question, what films, you said, what films would you like to forget? And I, I came up with a couple of things, like some films I'd like to forget so I could watch them again for the first time. Some films I'd just like to forget. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so just it just got me thinking about that, uh, about, you know, films that had just a great impact on it. So I think I've been thinking of this, and I think one of the ones for me, was would be Forrest Gump. Mm. Because I had no idea what the film was about. It was just... I think I only watched it because Tom Hanks was in it. 
Um, but it was about it was, it was, the title is a name of a man, and, and even I wouldn't have even recognised his name. I was like, I don't know anyone called Forrest. But then there was a, and a picture of a man sat on a bench. I didn't really know much else about it, but it was outstanding. Absolutely loved it. And it was one of them ones I was like, wow, this is brilliant. Um, so that was one that I came up with. And the other one was Walter Mitty, I think, for a similar reason. Oh, that's just very a, similar to Forrest Gump. Yeah, it's just a guy's name who goes on a big adventure and. Because you don't know about it. If the title doesn't give something away or the I haven't seen a trailer or something, I just it's just one of them marvellous things where you watch it and you go, wow, because you didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And I think a third one that I can think of the top of my head would be The Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, that is, yeah, I knew nothing about that first time. No, I didn't. Crazy title. And I laughed throughout, felt throughout. I just loved it. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a great surprise. That film, so I yeah, knew nothing about. I'd never heard of Taika Waititi at that point, and mm. it was just yeah, that was a fun, fun film. And it's one of the films, surprise, I, it's great being surprised by a film, isn't it? Yeah, and then you tell everyone about it, like you've just <laughs> discovered gold or something. Oh, it was yeah, and I did with that film and put everyone onto it. And then there's nothing worse. I don't not nothing worse, but one of them things as a film fan or a fan of anything really, where you love something and you tell someone about it and they just don't get it. <laughs> so many times when I tell people about these great films that I've seen, <laughs> if they don't appreciate it, I just feel like, yeah, our friendship means nothing. You're not the person I imagined you to be. <laughs> no, yeah, if you don't like, if you don't like Hunt for the Wilder People, then we really shouldn't be friends. <laughs> You know, when you t- you get so excited and you're enthused about it, and then someone watches it, and then they- when they don't mention it again, yeah, and you know that they either haven't watched it or they hated it, it's like, right, we're done. Yes. I'm going to pray for you, but we're done. <laughs> oh, that's great. So those are ones you'd like to see um, afresh. Yeah, and anything films like that, really, just you know, the ones that you're surprised by, or ones that absolutely wow you. So obviously, all the classics where. You watch it and go, wow, that was amazing. So like all the experience I've had with Goonies or Star Wars or Robocop or Rocky. Um, although maybe not Rocky, actually, because it was about the, my 50th time of watching it that I fully appreciated it for what it is. Um, but, yeah, there's so many films, but they were the ones that came came to mind immediately because the expectations, there was, I just knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was thinking... Um, it's, it's films where I was caught by the end as well. Mm. Not knowing how it's going to end yeah. is it's something you, you only get once when you're watching a film. You can yeah. never get that the second time. Um, so like Fight Club, for example, that moment, I mean, I know you said you, you saw it coming, but I didn't. Um, that moment where everything changes in Fight Club, I wish I could experience that again for the first time because that was yeah. a great moment. Yeah, I think the usual suspects as well for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. You, you can't experience that twice. No, you, you can't re-experience it. Oh, wow, because it's like... Yeah. Even yeah. if you leave it so long, you know that there's something. No, you do. Even like The Sixth Sense, you, you, know, you know, right yeah. from the start. And it doesn't stop it being a good film because actually you can watch it in the light of knowing that. But you don't get that that no. um, that experience again. Another one was um, The Prestige, which is one of my favourite films. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'd read the book before I'd seen the film. Yeah. Now, the book and the film end differently, but the the, the hook of the, the idea is the same as to what's going on. And I, I wish I could have seen that film 
without reading the book first. Yeah. And I've been, because I, I, I love it, but I, I'd lo- I would have loved to have been surprised by the end of it. Yeah. And another one for me would be Contra Tiempo. I know I'm saying that right. So I can't remember what the English name was, but it's one I saw on Netflix and it'd been recommended. It was another one of them films that I didn't know anything about. Just someone recommended watched it. And um, it was a bit like Hunt for the Hunt for the Will of People. I was telling everyone about watch this film because it's such tw- it's a Spanish film. I think it's so twisty and turny, and it's yeah, it was really really good. Really enjoyed that. But the ending is quite got quite a kick. Yeah, it's one of the ones where everyone you know when you talk to people. And they go, oh, yeah, I knew what was coming. No, you didn't. You just make yourself feel better. <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean? I did with Fight Club, but most of them, I, I don't. I what was that one, sometimes. that Nicole Kidman one, with, with had the big twist? With the hour, no, the others. Yeah. I remember I went to the cinema. Who was I with? I think I was with my dad or somebody anyway. Oh, it was with Ian. It was with Ian Comforth, I think. Weirdly. Um, and I remember leaning over halfway through and going, they're the ghosts. They're the ones who are dead. Uh, and I was joking at the time. But the second that clicks in your head, the whole film from that point on, you're like, oh, no, I'm right, aren't I? <laughs> if you haven't seen the others, sorry, Luke, just spoiling that for you. <laughs> but it's like 20 years old now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was just joking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it's films like that. So there's films that you just really enjoy because you don't expect much from or you don't know anything about them that are really good i love that joy again and again as you say where the ending where you just can't you can't re-experience it the same no unless even even I think, moments in a film that just are so great the first time i just yeah yeah if if men in, if there was that, that you know that men in black thing where they could yeah, just yeah. erase something <laughs> yeah i think the closest i can you can get to it again re-experiencing it is when you mention it to someone and you watch it with them and then you watch yeah. their reaction. Yes. Where you spend the whole film looking at them instead of the film. <laughs> yeah, Kate does it all the time. So I'll have watched something and I'll say, you've got to watch this. And then she'll be asking me, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? And I, and, and I won't tell her because I want her to experience that. But she gets mad at me for not telling her initially. <laughs> and I say, see, that we would have spoiled that if I'd have told you. And she's like, oh, well, I didn't see that coming. But yeah, half the time through films, I guess that many things... I'm usually right by the time I've got to the end of the film because I've guessed that many plots that one of them's <laughs> got to be right. There's only so many directions they can take this in. Like, I don't know if you watched it. I can't remember which one it was. It was a Cloverfield. Oh, the, the Cloverfield Rain one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the only one I've watched of that of that series. But I went to watch it because it was yeah, it must have it must have been on Unlimited or something where I got to go for free. And I didn't get what was coming there, and I liked even journey. It wasn't the greatest film I've ever seen, but I liked that I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, yeah, it was. And and then you get to, it's one of those films that just keeps you guessing the whole time, and you're trying to yeah. work it all. And yeah, I, I enjoy that, and I enjoy a film that doesn't treat me like an idiot yeah. and will hold stuff back. It's films that tell you every little bit of just. Are you sure you get this? Are you sure you understand this? It just winds me right up. Yeah. And it was a bit like um, The Village as well. That's another one where it kind of, you kind of, it's not, you're kind of onto it, but I still like it. So, yeah, so get in touch. Let us know your films that you've experienced with those endings that you think, wow, um, that w- I'd love to experience that sensation of that again. Um, 
or films that you had no expectation of because you didn't know anything about them that you just thought, wow, that was that was amazing. Yeah. And we, we need to talk about endings or film endings at some point because I know it's quite famous for it. Um, We'd have to but, flag that, I guess, before we did it. Like this episode, yeah. we're talking about the endings yeah. of a lot of films, so <laughs> but, <laughs> you might have to skip like, it. <laughs> no Country for Old Men's got a famous ending. Yeah. But it yeah. wound me up no end. It wound <laughs> me up properly. So, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Here's the thing. I just saw that recently for the first time, and now I can't for the life of me remember the ending. Well, I I'm not going to talk again. about it now, but <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. It's just, it was unsatisfying for me. Right. Yeah. Um, but the well, film... You did Vertigo recently as well, didn't you? No, you did Rear Window. Yeah. No, I did um, Rear View. Rear Window. Yeah, Rear Window, yeah. Because the ending of Vertigo, I came away from the ending of Vertigo going, huh? Is that is that it? Um, yeah, yeah, them films that finish and you're thinking there's got to be a post-credit scene. <laughs> yeah, there's got there's got to be something. Uh, you just you just walk out and you just kind of like, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Did you want me to go out like that? No country of old men. It was on purpose, though. It was a twin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on purpose, and it's fine. Yeah. But it was designed to get us talking about things and be frustrated forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ninety nine point nine percent of the film was absolutely amazing, and, and and it was intentional and everything, but it just frustrated me. But like you know, then there's the just dis- yeah. We'll have to talk about it. there's disappointing endings. I know it's not a film, but like lost. The show Lost for two series was great. I recently went through Lost again. Evaporated into nonsense. You Um, watched it again? Yeah. uh, Just during during the pandemic, you know, there's been more time to do that sort of thing. Hmm. And I have to say, second time round, it actually works. I know know that doesn't sound right, but there's there's clues in there from the from the very first few episodes. I mean, you know, obviously they were making up as they go along, so yeah, they yeah. took those clues and re and repurposed them. But but it, it kind of worked for me second time round. Yeah, I think TV shows suffer from their own success a lot because they've got to end them well and people aren't satisfied. We saw that with Game of Thrones and another epic like Lost in Game of Thrones, How I Met Your Mother. So oh, how I met your mother, I mean, I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but DME, no, that no, was a what? terrible, terrible ending. Um, I tell you what, Breaking Bad ended really, really well. Yeah, Spot yeah, on. that was strong throughout. P- perfect ending to that. Um, weirdly, I don't know if you've seen it, as sitcom Superstore. I watched the first five and thought it was one of the most painful things I've ever watched. <laughs> oh, we, got, we, we broke through the pain barrier, because with sitcoms, you've got to give them a good run, because they don't find themselves until halfway through the first series. No, I found that was Seinfeld actually, but with this, I was like, this is all. <laughs> it had the better, it's ending was spot on, I thought. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so back to film. So last week <laughs> we touched on a bit with, um, with John about iconic scenes. And he was talking particularly about where the music kicks in. So we, we talked about the Rocky training montage and different things where the music kicks in and you just you've got a scene that you know is happening and it's amazing and it just, the music adds to it. And I was talking about ET, but it got me thinking about just iconic scenes. So when I was talking about, like I mentioned last week about psycho, just films that are iconic in cinema and not just films that are iconic. We can talk a bit about that, but things for you, for you that maybe the lesser, the known ones that you just, when you think of that film, you think of that scene. 
So what are some of them for you, Luke? Uh, it's funny. Last week, my mind went blank. And this week, my mind's kind of gone equally, equally blank. So I'm trying to think of the films that I've liked the most. Because obviously, the films I like the most are the ones that uh, will be the ones that have the most iconic scenes for me. Um, so just thinking recently, if we go recently, I know you didn't like this film quite as much as me, but Parasite. Yeah. There's the moment where everything changes. Mm. And uh, with the bit with what's going on in the basement, yeah, and that 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 for me the 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 whole um, the reveal of what's been going on all along at that moment I thought was 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 a great a great moment. Yeah, it's reveal moments actually often that do it in Fight Club. It's the reveal moment where it goes back over those other bits and reframes yeah. them in a different way. Yeah, um, great great sequence that. Um, Moments that have you almost gasping or going, yeah, yeah, your mouth, mouth you're open. Like, Whoa, and that's yeah. so that's more that's more, I guess, of a, a structure moment, but um, across you know, you think of the other 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 fear films like you look at Star Wars, the the, the big sequence for me in, in, in all of the Star Wars films when I was growing up was the whole Jabba the Hutt's palace bit. Mm. <laughs> I love that, I love all of that so much. Yeah, I mean, because I think there is iconic scenes that are iconic. Do you know what I mean? Like Pulp Fiction, the dance scene, or yeah, yeah. Um, things that you were psycho, or things that you, everyone will relate to, that quotable dirty dancing with the lift and, and things like that. But then there's films, there's things, scenes that are personal moments for you. Like for me, there's some that where in certain films that have got such iconic scenes that I, not prefer, but I, in my mind, there's important other scenes that seem to mean more to me. Yeah. Or other films where there's, like, Stand By Me, I love Stand By Me as a film. And one of my favourite scenes in any film, really, is is the scene where they're, they're on the railway tracks in Stand By Me. Yeah. And they're walking along the railway tracks and then there's suddenly a train coming. It's just, I just loved it as a, it's just to change the pace. There's a sense of danger. It's a sense of adventure. And there's the friendship there. And then there's a comedic element to it as well. And it's shot really, really well. So, yeah. yeah really um, I'm a sucker for, for some of the big... I mean, I, 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 I'm a big fan of all of the Mission Impossible films, apart from the second one. But anytime those big epic stunt scenes and those <clears throat> are ones I could watch time and time again. The climbing up the Burj Khalifa, love mm. it grabbing a hold of the side of an aeroplane, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm a sucker for that kind of thing where I can look at it and, but knowing what goes behind, it's weird. Sometimes the material they release when they're talking about a film goes, look, we really did this. Here's how we did it. Yeah. Makes me more excited to see that scene, knowing that it's not just CGI. Yeah. Um, so the marketing clearly works on me. <laughs> yeah. And you were saying that, your favorites, one of your favorite scenes is the opening scene to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, it's, it, I think it's one of the best opening sequences in any film ever and one of the best introductions to a character. You learn everything you need to know about Indiana Jones in those opening moments. Yeah, and I say, I think, as I said last week, my favorite opening scene and probably one of the most powerful scenes I've seen in film is Saving Private Ryan, that yeah. first. Well, the whole sequence, really, but the, the first, the first few minutes where it's not even the horrors that they're going to get to, 
it's you can feel the tension before they get there because of all the sort of history and we know what it is. Yeah. You can feel it in the characters. You can feel it in the air. It's almost tangible, the apprehension, tension, and sheer dread of what they're going into. And then you see the reality, which in truth is probably far worse than even they were anticipating. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. it just captures so well the sound of the bullets, the distorted sound, so you can't really hear what's going on, the you know, bullets flying through the water, just bodies everywhere, blood. You know, it's it's just it's traumatic. It's because, so especially when you know it's based on truth. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, that's that whole sequence is is yeah. It's one of the greatest cinematic sequences. Mm. Yeah, ever. and maybe that is the best opening. Ah, uh, no, it still doesn't beat Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it does for me. And that's what we were talking about last week when I said when you said the best opening sequence of cinema he- ever. And I was like, if we were playing opening sequence poker, I would. <laughs> Raise you with Saving Private Ryan. Okay, that's um, yeah. Uh, you you might you might you might just get me on that one. Um, but they're very different. One's introducing a character and the whole thing. One context we know because we've read history books. Yes, there's been so many films and you know programs and documentaries made about it. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like a look and slightly going off on a tangent slightly. But I think film has helped me understand history in a lot of areas yeah so when we used to read about the horrors of the d-day landings um, and the war and all that happened there on those days i only ever really got it when i watched saving private ryan right okay when we learned about the holocaust as traumatic and horrendous as it was i think when i saw it in film format on schindler's list the suggestion, it brought it home at a level that I'd never fully engaged with before. I knew it, but again, I couldn't place myself there because it's more about visual stuff for me. Mm. And then I went to Auschwitz after I'd seen Schindler's List and it just, not helped, because I don't know if helped's the right word, but it, it helped fit the pictures in for me in the same as even when I went to, um, we went to France, um, to Flanders Field, Flanders, and went France and Belgium, seeing the war graves and stuff. Seeing them and being there helped me understand things. So I think film has helped me in a lot of areas with that, particularly around war, I think. Or, um, you know, I said the Holocaust, it's not that I didn't understand it, but visually, it just brought the trauma home. Yeah. Even yeah. George or Rabbit to a bit, the particularly there's a couple of scenes, and I'm talking about not iconic scenes, but scenes that really tell you how serious and how devastating this was. There's some in there's particularly one scene in George or Rabbit that does that amongst all the controversy about whether it's you know you should be joking about this and whether it's powerful enough or, and I think it is, but there's one scene in it which really does hammer that horror home. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really does. It's uh, it's powerful. It's powerful, and I think that's one of the important things about film. the the unfortunate side of that is it becomes very easy for film to rewrite history and show history yeah. in the wrong way. Yeah, you look yeah. at films like Braveheart, for example, yeah, that just rewrite history, yeah, and that's that's one of the dangers of film. But one of the useful things about films it really can connect you to something that otherwise you'd yeah you'd have a cold read on and you don't really feel emotionally yeah. involved in. Um, and that's another point because like. So we could talk about this for hours. It's one thing I've got an opinion because I always say I don't like Braveheart because it's historically inaccurate. 
Yeah. So many ways. And then people say, yeah, but it doesn't matter. And I'm saying it does. Or call him something different. If yeah. he was called Wallace Williamson, I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> yeah. You know, but when you're basing it on a real person, either tell the real story, or if you want to use the story that you've got, then call it something else. And mm. for me, it would have been far better. Um, but... And that's and that's I mean that's one of the things. Seven Power of Rain is not about real people, but it's about a real situation. You, you can yeah. you can you know you're watching a fiction. You know you're watching people who don't exist, but you're, it's connecting you with a situation that did happen. And I think that's that's an important thing to be able to do. But yeah, when you and that's that's always the problem with telling a real story is you've got to add bits because you don't know what happened every second of the day. Yeah, and it's where that line is between the stuff you add and what really happens that. It can be, and it can be dangerous. That's that's one reason I'm not massively keen on um, retellings of the life of Jesus on film. Because yeah. to do a film, you've got to add stuff. Well, when you start doing that, you're getting into some dodgy territory. Yeah, and then say that to give to give um, Gibson his due in terms of the Passion of the Christ. I didn't, I didn't hate it because I was worried when it came out that he would go all Braveheart on it, you know what I mean? We'd have yeah. all kinds of aspects that were more entertaining. But, yeah, so uh, I didn't... I didn't... The issues that I worried about didn't materialise. Yeah, yeah. What about what about films where the, the classic scene for you is the end? What's the best endings of films? Um, for example, I've got, I've got one. Every time yeah. I watch it, the last scene in It's a Wonderful Life will reduce me to a blubbering wreck every time. No, no, you know, it's just not, uh, I, I love so many, and so many of that film, parts of that film really hit me strong, but the end, every time when everyone arrives and everyone's helping them, uh, it, it finishes me off. Yeah, that's a good question. I can't. I kind I can't. of pulled that out of left field there, sorry. No, no, but there <laughs> will be them. I say, hmm. I think Usual Suspects is probably the one. Yeah, that's um, a good end. That's a very good end. I like um, trying to think of other key endings that, like, right at the end. Yeah. Um, kind of throwing that one in there, sorry. That's, uh, no, but I'll think about it, and I'll, yeah. we can ask it on social media, and I'll come back to. Here's another but, one. Um, we can ask this one on social media, because comedy is one of those things where, First time it hit, you know, you're laughing at something because comedy is unex- the unexpected and things like that. What comedy films has a scene in that, no matter how many times you've seen it, will always make you laugh? Well, I mean, going with, you know, It's a Wonderful Life thing, for me, it would be Home Alone. Mm. I don't matter how many times I watch it, those bits were, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the wet bandits getting smashed about. It's still funny. It's still yeah. funny. Still make would still make me do this. Still make me wince. <laughs> so laugh and wince. You know the bit where he's st- all of them. You know, I can't just name them. There's the, the paint. The, there's the, the bit in Home Alone too where he grabs the uh, the sink. You know, and it's electrocuted. And yeah. it's corny as anything when he turns into a skeleton. Yeah. But every single time that gets me. Yeah, and out of all the things, it's like you can. Do you know like what film brings you closer? We we're talking earlier week about Spielberg where. He does stuff in a way, particularly like Jaws, where he places you on the beach. You can smell the sun cream. You can feel the heat. It's yeah. like that with Home Alone. It's the pain they're feeling is almost tangible. <laughs> so it's like in football, when you watch football or when you watch anything, 
as as a man, I don't know if it's the same for women because I just don't know. But when you see somebody get kicked between the legs or hit between the legs, you can relate to that instantly. Yes, you can. Because yeah. you, you've experienced it, you've felt it, and, and it doesn't leave you. It's a bit like that with Home Alone, that you, we've all <laughs> trod on things or been hit by things, and you can like instantly relate to that pain and it doesn't leave you. <laughs> you can. Not in the same way. I've never had my hair set on fire or been hit in the face by a tin of swinging paint. But still, it's like every time. So their comedy scene that I always laugh at. That's that's a good answer. That's a good answer. I was just thinking of um, what sparked it for me was, I was just looking through a list of some of my favourite films, and Game Night. Uh, have you seen yeah. Game Night? There's yeah, the, yeah. the whole sequence from when they go into the bar to rescue the brother. Yeah. Up to the um the uh, sewing up the bullet hole wound. Every single time out that entire bit, I am just in fits of the, oh, the, the whole bullet hole bit <laughs> where she's trying to browse how to how to repair a bullet wound with a phone, but she can't use her hands and she's using her nose to browse the phone yeah. and all, <laughs> all of that. So he's got a squeaky toy in his mouth to deal with the pain. So he's just the squeaky toy squeaks. <laughs> You're laughing now just talking about it. Every single time that gets me. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's so many. I mean, there's so many. Like even airplane. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know the jokes. I it's know knowing the jokes that makes it funny. Yeah, but still laugh. <laughs> like laugh, proper laugh, not like oh yeah, chuckle. Like still, it's brilliant. Oh dear. Oh, I'm going to go watch a good comedy next. That's what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch the other guys again. All right. Okay. Because I watched it when it first came out, and I loved it as a comedy. Do you know? But I haven't seen it for so long. Yeah. But I remember loving it, and I watched it a couple of times, and I bought it like the day after I'd watched it. So I'm thinking, yeah, this is great. But I haven't watched it for a well, probably since the first three or four times I watched it quite close together. So I want to see if I still find that funny. There was a bit where his gun goes off, and I and I, I like that. <laughs> that's, that's, that must be available somewhere. That one had a thought. Yeah, I've got it on, oh, you on got Blu-ray it. anyway. But uh... anyway, uh, let us know um, which um, scenes are the iconic scenes for you. Um, which openings to films you find to be the best films? Uh, which ends to films you find to be the best? And of course, which which scenes will make you laugh every time you watch them? And. Uh, you know, you can get in touch with us via our Twitter, via um, with JT, JTA Films on Twitter. Um, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. JTA Films, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can get in touch on our Facebook or you can comment on the YouTube page as well. Yeah. And also, as we've said, we just, we just talk about films. That's what we do. So whatever films you've watched, whatever your interest, however many you watch a week, Get in touch with us, let us know to come on. You can come on and join this conversation, chat about what you've been watching, tell us about the films that um, are important to you in your life, and then we'll chat about something like this, yeah. whether it's endings, iconic scenes, um, you know, the different things that we've talked about. So we'd love to have you on. So get in touch with us and let us know. Yeah. But uh, that's all we've got for this week. Um, yeah. So have a wonderful week ahead and uh, have a good week. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>